Hello, everybody, and welcome to our Ring of Honor Final Battle Post Show. I am John Pollock and the man stopping by, Mike Murray, here at Post Office West. Thank you for joining me, Mike. Thank you for watching the pay-per-view tonight. We have lots to discuss. We do. Very, I would say going in, uh, seemed to be a very historic weekend for Ring of Honor. No matter what happened, uh, it was going to be notable. And I think that going into this show, there was a lot of questions about the the elite guys, how they were going to be booked on this show, and what Ring of Honor was going to do on this show. Did you have that same sense of anticipation for this show of what yeah, was going to happen? Yeah, I think this is a big turning point for Ring of Honor and what's going to happen um, coming out of tonight and you know, leading up to the Garden Show. It's it's an unbelievable time period for this company as they embark on their biggest show ever, and yet many of the reasons why that show is so big, you get the sense that they're not going to be a part of it. And tonight certainly seemed to confirm that. There was, you know, no big angle. I was surprised by the fact that this was – it was a very strong show, but I also thought – It was thought, the final battle. I mean, it didn't yep. leave a lot of uh, open doors – for what might happen next. There was, like you said, there was no big angle, but it was, I still thought it was a really good show. I did too. I think that th this show had numerous objectives, I, I think, and they do have the television tapings on Saturday night that are the, the last advertised dates for all of these guys. But I thought tonight that you wanted to have a great wrestling show, but I think it was really important that you leave this show with the audience fe not feeling like this is the end of an era and all their favorite guys are leaving doing something major that was going to keep a lot of momentum for Ring of Honor. And we can discuss if uh, there were lost opportunities on this show. But as a show, um, we can get into that right now. At the Hammerstein Ballroom, First of all, Ring of Honor in the past, they have had numerous issues when it comes to miking their crowd. How do you feel they fared tonight at the Hammerstein? This crowd seemed pretty hot tonight. Yeah. And even though the miking wasn't great, you could see it. You could see reactions. You could hear echoes of people chanting and going crazy. But again, not – I mean, this is not an ECW show at the uh, Hammerstein where they – you know, Paul knew where to put the mics, I think, right? Yeah. But it's It's kind of a – when you watch an ROH show, it's kind of a lost – uh, element that somehow is missing for these shows but I, I thought that overall the you could tell that this was a pretty heated crowd and i thought that overall this night and day from the last show we oh, reviewed yeah, back in september sure. that felt like a <laughs> funeral at times that we were watching back yeah, in september pretty empty places i was very down on that sh that show after september like i was kind of just felt that roh was in this lull the creative direction was not doing anything for me right um that I think that this show uh, I thought was a significantly better show. I mean, everything seemed to build for the show and the emphasis was on uh, wrestlers that are in the company. Whereas the last show seemed to be relying on a lot of new Japan guys because it was the same weekend as that um, Long Beach show. That's right. Uh, that we talked about. We did the show on that. And, uh, you know, this time the focus was on Ring of Honor. And it wasn't, oh, here's all these chaos guys or, oh, here's all these like bullet club guys at the time. Right. Um, and I think it was for the benefit. I mean, the storytelling going into this the last few weeks uh, on TV have been pretty strong. I think leading up to it, some great promos by some guys going into this. Yeah, there were, there were a number of big stories all climaxing yeah. on this show. We started off earlier in the week. They had announced that this was going to be a four hour window 
And I've got to say, after watching this, I think this was a better show because of the four-hour window. Yeah. All, I mean, all the matches got time. Enough time. Some maybe a little too much. Some maybe too much. But I, I can't imagine some of those last matches being crammed into that three-hour window. Like, no, and it was nice for everybody to have a little bit of breathing room, too, right? Like, they could do the video packages. They could they could repeat the angles going into it so that there is a little bit of a break between the matches to give everybody a chance to catch their breath and like reset. Or if you got to get a drink or get a snack or whatever you're doing when you're watching. And with the addition of that extra hour, they, that same day they announced the addition of Kenny King versus Eli Isom, which kicked off the show. Kenny King cut a promo on Eli calling him an advertisement for the ROH dojo and said, I'm Biggie Smalls and you're a rainbow haired rapper with skinny jeans. Yep. So this was a, I didn't get it. I don't a, know what he's talking about. A grudge match to begin. Well, clearly Kenny King representing uh the tu- tough enough alumni, season two. <laughs> uh Isom had some trouble lifting up King for a slam. Then we saw a spot where it looked like Isom legitimately slipped on the top rope and Kenny went to pretend like he was trying to hit the rope to kind of save the spot, but we didn't get a replay, so it was kind of hard to get a read on it. Uh King hit the springboard blockbuster. Had the cover, but then lifted up Isom, and King then followed up, caught him off a leapfrog, and hit the Royal Flush to win. I thought this was the weakest match on the show. I thought they had uh, a number of issues throughout the match. It didn't really click for me. It didn't click. Uh, I don't want to say that um, Isom looked maybe a little nervous, a little hesitant. This is a big spot for him. I hope they give him another chance. The guy's got some talent. Uh, Kenny did try to save it a little bit, you know, to pull a little magic but yeah i think you're right it was the was the worst you noted kenny king had quite the turnaround from his last appearance in Toronto. yeah i mean there he we were lines. like a month ago and he was uh he was going for the title against jay lethal and now he's uh opening match he's he's kind of just the jack of all trades uh in ring of honor that he just ends up in you know you can throw him almost anywhere but to me, still not someone that really has all that defined of a role. He's kind of just part of the Ring of Honor package, and he just goes where is needed. Uh, yeah, maybe it's time to get back the uh, the old tag team. With Rhett Titus? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Give them both guys something to do, right? I mean, given now that you have the guy coming off the the Bachelorette with the romantic touch. (laughs) The romantic touch. I mean, man. Roses for everyone. I know. They could both kind of have a similar gimmick at this point. Uh, Not not a great match, but things did turn around after that. Second match of the show, Jeff Cobb defending the ROH television title against Hangman Page. Uh, First of all... Uh, in a year that seems to be a lot of turnover for Ring of Honor, 2019 seems Jeff Cobb will be one of their premier guys. Uh, how do you how do you see Jeff Cobb fitting into the mix as one of many bodies that they're going to be looking for in 2019 to replace what's going to be a very big hole that's left over? Uh, I think he's a good guy to stick it on. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he he can go up in the card easily. I think yep. if they do something where he loses the belt somehow and. He could be, you know, Ring of Honor World Champion by next final battle. I can totally see that. Um, I mean, he's been the PWG champ for a few months now. Yes. Right? Yep. And uh, I'm a fan. You yep. know, I, I, I like his look. Uh, I like his style. You know, and I'd like to see him go a few other places, too. He also feels fresh because you've seen him as Matanza, but that that's a totally different I don't character. Know what you're talking about. <laughs> as Jeff Cobb, though, like it's it's someone that you know he doesn't have the you know the the baggage of having a TNA run or 
being through WWE or anything like that. Like Jeff Cobb, unless you've been watching PWG, he's a relatively fresh name on, on a national basis. For sure. For sure. So this match, uh, the crowd was into this almost right away. Page is attacking him, goes for that shooting star shoulder block instantly and gets caught with a belly to belly on the floor. Cobb then nails Page with this delayed vertical coming off the turnbuckle and they're just going through all these different sequences. Page hit a top rope moonsault to the floor. A four second hang time. Yes. That's why they call him Hangman Page. <laughs> Hangman Page, yeah. <laughs> Cobb then yanked him out of the corner into his arms and turned it into a pile driver. Uh, that Page was a great spot, yeah. Page came back. He hit one of two uh, buckshot lariats. He went for the right of passage, which Cobb countered, spun him off of his shoulders, just threw Page into the air. Yeah. And there was a tr- tremendous near fall when the tour of the islands was countered by Page into a crucifix. I thought that looked great. And then this is when Page went for the second buckshot lariat, but Cobb uh, then stopped him, hit two tour of the islands, and pinned him 13 minutes, 31 seconds. I thought this was great. It was a good match. It was... Uh... I mean, Hangman Page has come a long way, especially this year, right? Like he's leaps and bounds. He's like the like of all the elite guys that are their contracts are up. I think Hangman Page, if he's leaving, that is a big gap that Ring of Honor loses in Hangman Page. I think this guy is just going to be an enormous star in 2019. And, and of all onward. the elite guys, he was really the Ring of Honor guy coming yes. out of there, right? Like coming out of the decade as the young boy. Um. But getting back to Cobb, I mean, we saw him have those like really quick squash matches against uh, Punishment Martinez and, and Eli Isom. <laughs> Eli Isom, and then this, right? Like this was a great match for, Very for the match. 13 minutes that they had. Yeah, yeah. I just thought these two had a great, great match. Four way for the Women of Honor title: Sumi Sakai defending against Madison Rain, Karen Q, and Kelly Klein. This was an elimination match. The first elimination saw uh, Karen Q out after she took the K power from Kelly Klein. Then Madison Rain hit Klein with a tornado DDT off the top. Only got a two count, so Sakai was in and hit Smash Mouth to Madison Rain. Klein then knocked Sakai away, stealing the cover and eliminating Madison Rain. So it's down to Sakai and Klein, and they were in the finals at Supercard of Honor to crown the first champion, which Sakai won. Sakai hit Smash Mouth. Klein kicked out. Didn't get that big of a reaction. Sakai then kicked out of a power bomb, and it ended with Klein hitting her K power off the second turnbuckle pinning Sumi Sakai. So we have Kelly Klein, who I think they should have just put the title on to begin with. I think that the division has largely, she's been the heel throughout. And I think you had to go with someone new. The women of honor division to me, hasn't gotten off to a great start by any stretch that I think you needed a new champion and, Maybe this will yield some different results. I hope so. I mean, it's unfortunate that the there seems to be a real lack of excitement in the women's division in Ring of Honor compared to NXT, WWE. I'd say Impact Start as well right Impact, now. Yeah, I think right? Tessa Blanchard is doing a great job there. You have people like Jordan Grace yep. and Taya. Um yeah, the the Ring of Honor women's division. I don't think it's it's gotten off to a great start this no. year. And it's uh you know, it's been nine months now that they've had a, a belt. Yeah. Right. And this is the first. This is the first pay per view that it's been defended yes, on, right? Yes, they know. No, they had. Um, I think the the previous pay per view they had. Uh, oh, that's right. It was uh, Sumi Sakai and uh, uh, Emma Tanil. <laughs> Tanil. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Yes. This match, there kind we go. The we, we struggled with trying to remember what the last pay-per-view title match was. Yeah. yeah. The, I, I guess they got into some of the near falls at the end, but not not the hottest match. No, I the mean, crowd was kind of not into this one. It was fine, but I, I like the outcome, at least, with Kelly Klein winning and going a different direction. Jonathan Gresham versus Zack Sabre Jr. I believe this is Jonathan Gresham's first pay-per-view match for Ring of Honor, which is kind of nuts when you see some of the... I think this guy is just so underutilized in Ring of Honor and had that big breakout match with Jay Lethal on TV back in the summer. So this was a great, great spotlight for him against Zack Sabre Jr. They start off, they're doing all these great counters, uh, different sequences. Gresham gives him the middle finger and Zack just lit him up with these slaps, just nailing him in the face. Uh, they were going for all these... Uh, different control on one another. Each is trying to grab hold of a limb and work it over. And it starts to escalate. Saber starts nailing Gresham with these slaps. And then Gresham goes after the left arm, kicks it, applies the octopus. And then Saber breaks out. He went for a knee bar. Gresham turned it into an ankle lock. And it ends with Saber gaining control of Gresham. And he was able to use the European clutch to counter a bridge by Gresham, getting the pinfall. 11 minutes, 51 seconds, which I've got to say of all the match times on this, this was the one I could have used another 10, 15 10 minutes. minutes. I was just getting into this when it ended. It was great for the time it lasted. And you pointed out, like, maybe this could be a series of matches that they have. Um, I would love to see that because I thought this was just getting going. And this was a show that, I mean, even the women got longer than this. I, I think that these two easily could have had 18, 19, and this would have been everyone's match of the night. And for some, maybe it was, but I just didn't think it got enough time. It was another really strong match on this card. You're right. It was a little short. I mean, we're saying that 13 minute match is short. That lets you know that it was really quality that was going on in there. Um, if you like chain wrestling, if you like grappling, if you like submission attempts, uh, and you didn't see this, search it out. It was and the audience was into it. The audience was really into it. Uh, the storytelling was great in it. You know, there's a little bit of frustration and they would try and get out of the chain wrestling and be a drop kick here, right? Or strike there. And then back to the, you know, a submission attempt somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Jonathan Gresham, they just worked off each other very, very well. I think Zack Sabre Jr. has quietly had one of the best years of anybody this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, like, putting him in, uh, he hasn't had a lot of time in Ring of Honor at all, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, dropping him in in this match... And everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows what to expect out of these two guys, right? And they were, uh, the crowd was eating it up. Then in the middle of the card, it was Dalton Castle against Matt Taven, who came out with his real Ring of Honor championship that he stated was on the line. Yeah. At the beginning of the match, it was going to be for the purple, the purple championship. The purple championship. I don't know why he insisted his title be on the line, <laughs> but Dalton was all for it. Yeah. He was like, cool. Uh, Dalton was, uh, dressed up like a mummy, uh, to cover for all his, uh, <laughs> his injuries. You know, this guy has had just a write-off of a year in 2018 with yeah. his back injury, his hamstring. Uh, I'm sure he's not a hundred percent and yeah, it's just been a really tough year for this no, guy. No, I mean, he can't be a hundred percent. I remember the first time that I saw Dalton Castle, it was at one of the Ted Reeve shows and, uh, I hadn't even seen him on Ring of Honor TV and I was like, man, this guy is like. He's got something going on, right? Mm-hmm. He, he came out, he was super flamboyant and like had everyone's attention. And now it's like everything seems like two steps slower. You know, it, it would be, you know, a good time for him to take some time off and like really try and heal up. I think I, I don't know, you know, when you have such a serious injury like that to just bite the bullet and hey, I've got 
you know, something like Madison Square Garden. It's like, let's get healthy for that and not be going on the Chris Jericho cruise and doing matches. And it's just, I don't know, like even like a match like this. Yes, it's final battle. But to me, this is kind of like a throwaway match. And you just watch this guy. and It just seems like. He's not 100%, no. and he hasn't been 100% for a long time. And like, they're saying that, you know, the, the commentators are, are commenting on that, right? That, you know, he's slower, he's, he's hurting, everything's banged up. And, you know, unless there's some sort of retribution story coming out of this, and it's just all a clever ruse, but the guy, the guy looks slower. He looks like he's lost a couple steps. And more so to that, it's like a year ago. This guy's winning the ROH title yep. in the main event of the show, and... Like he's not a main event guy. No, one year later, I mean, here he yeah. is losing in the middle of the show for to set up the guy who's probably going to be at some point doing this whatever bullshit unification match with his title. <laughs> I don't know where they're going with this. You didn't think Dalton was going to win it tonight? Uh, the purple belt mid match when they announced it? <laughs> no, he he didn't. Well, they explained if it was real, that belt would have taken his head That's off. That's right. There was a belt shot. Yes, it was a toy belt. Ian Riccoboni insisted. Even though Ian thought maybe it was one of the replica belts at first, and they just <laughs> changed the color of the strap. But. Let's talk about, you know, we watched The Ladder War, and there were some incredible stunts. I don't think anything frightened oh, us more than Matt Taven diving over the top rope to the floor, missing Dalton Castle, and crashing ribs first onto the guardrail. This was, I don't know how this man continued this match. This was in the first couple of minutes. I was going to say maybe about the halfway or second third of the match. They still went for a while after, that's for sure. But I had this in my notes, like right near the beginning. Okay. So I want to say like this happened in the first five. I don't know how this man did not break his ribs. Uh, I got about halfway through my notes. Okay, yeah. Well, in fact, someone, some one of the commentators said, thank God it's only the ribs. <laughs> yeah, thank God it's only the ribs. <laughs> I guess it could have been because it looked like his face at first. If it had been his vision, face, yeah. it could have been, I guess, worse. But this, if you see this, I was just, uh, I guess There's, there's uh, GIFs or GIFs, whatever oh. the kids are saying these days out there pretty quickly, guys. Yeah, uh, Matt Taven uh, somehow still walking after this particular spot. They continue fighting on the floor. Castle gets thrown back first into the steps by the entrance. Yep. Uh, Got to work over the back because everyone believes it's it's all messed up. Tika Orion attacked Castle behind Paul Turner's back, so the boys got involved. They took out Tika Orion with dives, and then the balloons came out from under the ring, and Vinny Marcellia appeared from under the ring, and he took out the boys with a double inverted DDT, and then dragged the boys under the ring with the boys having their hands reaching out as they were taken to Vinny's lair underneath the ring, where <laughs> I think he lives with Hornswoggle. Uh, this is when Taven used the belt shot, but Castle kicked out and Ian explained that if it had been the real belt, he would have taken his head off. Yep. Clean off his shoulders. Clean. That would have set his 2019 back as well. Uh, they go to the floor. Castle sent Taven into the post with a bangerang, followed with a doctor bomb. This is where the match uh, I thought picked up. TK yep. Ryan then. So Castle hits the doctor bomb and he goes for the fall and it's broken up by TK Ryan launching one of the boys into the ring onto Dalton Castle. Yeah, we're just going to mess your back up even more. That a boy lands on your back. It's he bad. tossed him through the ropes. Yeah. This is very impressive. So TK Ryan is ejected. Castle hits another bangerang, but Taven is right there at the bottom rope to grab it. Castle, I did not like this ending sequence. He hits Matt Taven in the corner with, I got to say, 12 knee strikes yeah, to the head. Yeah, there's a lot of knee strikes. 
And you got to think that isn't that the rust job to like, hey, get out of the, you know, he's holding the ring, he's holding the ropes, get out of there, right? This man should be out cold from these knee shots, these blunt knees to the face. Yep. Castle lifts him for the bangerang, but Taven recovered from these knees, blocks the bangerang, one knee strike to Dalton, and he hits the climax to pin Dalton Castle at 1543. I'm fine with Taven winning, but the, the 12 unanswered knees right before the finish just seemed to me like took me right out of it. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of, um, just made Dalton look kind of. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe his knees strength aren't that good because it's like he's hurting so much. You know? like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Not to me the greatest handling of a baby face in Dalton Castle, but I'm also not clamoring for Matt Taven to be like. Ultimately, you have to do something with Jay Lethal. Um, yeah. You know, I was thinking after this for the their next card is the anniversary pay per view, and then you have Madison Square Garden. So. I guess you have Marty Skrull set up as a challenger. They'll introduce, they introduce later in the show Nick Aldis. And then you have Matt Taven that's kind of just in the background that I feel. Waiting and waiting. And he's waiting got this title for a reason that you have to do that at some point. And maybe that's at the anniversary show that you can do a, a smaller main event like that before the garden. I'm not excited for it. You do not seem like you're at the I'm edge of your seat right it. now. No. I, a, I like the kingdom as a unit for sure. I think that the way they've introduced the other two guys has been has been pretty good. And they both have a distinct personality, a distinct look. Um, but yeah, the purple belt has just kind of been a prop, you know, and not – there hasn't been a great explanation for it. There hasn't been uh, inserted into into the, the title uh, picture at all yet, right? It's like they've had all this other stuff they got to deal with, but there's Taven still waving around this purple belt. I think with Taven, it's if you're going to push this guy as a main event heel, I think you have to eliminate some of the the comedic aspects of the kingdom, some of the goofiness, like wielding an axe at people and just being so wielding an axe is humorous. It's not uh, terrifying. Is what it's, you're saying. it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Marty Skrull, Christopher Daniels. This one came in with the story that. At the beginning of the year, Joe Coff had told SCU, we are not renewing your contracts at the end of the year. The only way they would have jobs is if they're holding titles at the end of the year. So in the lead up to this, Daniels had explained that Kazarian and Sky got contract extensions, but he doesn't. And that to me didn't really play into the story all that well, that Kazarian and Sky got these contracts and Daniels did not. Because they got the belts. But then they lost the belts tonight. So, so if, but they still got the contract extensions, right? Yeah, like in storyline. Maybe anyway, it's very confusing. So Daniels, uh, Marty Scroll won the survival of the fittest tournament, so he gets a future title shot. If Daniels were to win this match, they explained he would get an extension because he has this title shot yep. uh, owed him. So that was the story coming in. He has to win the match, and Ian Riccoboni and Cole Cabana. I thought they got that story across pretty effectively yep. throughout the throughout for the sure. match for sure. Early on, Daniels hit a, an Arabian moonsault to the floor, blue thunderbomb. Then Skrull is working over his neck. He dropped him with a rolling elbow and a Skrull driver for a two count and then went for the chicken wing. And Daniels was able to roll on top, the uh, the Bret Hart Roddy Piper spot. Yep. And then he hit Skrull with a burning hammer for a two count. Skrull then caught Daniels and hit him with a tombstone and covered him, pinned him just like The Undertaker. And Daniels kicked out. Scurled and snapped the fingers and both hands, both hands. Yeah. So Daniels goes for the angel's wings. He can't do it because he can't lock the hands together. So then he tries to move again and he doesn't clasp the hands and he hits the angel's wings without the use of his hands. So that was a nice little attention to detail. 
Squirrel got his knees up for the BME, and then Daniel's kicked out of graduation. Everyone thought it was over. Squirrel then repeatedly stomps the neck of Christopher Daniels. Uh, if this had been Dalton Castle, he would have blown the match after these repeated stomps. <laughs> but no, Squirrel hit the stomps, applied the chicken wing, and Daniels fought it and fought it, but he was forced to tap 17 minutes and 34 seconds. I thought he was going to end it with, I'm sorry, I love you. And then super kick oh, Christopher that Daniels. Been, that would have been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Skrull wins. And yeah, for from all indications, Daniels' deal is legitimately up at the end of the year. And this- Well, not for the, in the night yet, though. He still got some more. Oh, got, yeah. definitely. They were going to get the most out of him on <laughs> <Yeah>. this night. <laughs> You're still in the payroll. We're, we're working you tonight, buddy. So they're doing... Daniels is in the ring. The audience is all chanting for him. And... I think somebody was crying. I think somebody was crying in the crowd. I'm sure somebody was crying. Uh, we're going to get to uh, the the star of the so, crowd so, in a few minutes. So Daniels is up on the on the on the ropes in the corner. You know, he's he's thanking the crowd. He's got his hands up. You know, and who comes behind him? Bully Ray shows up, and he low blows Daniels, and the crowd like they were. I think most of the audience, they knew the deal here. Like, this is a real potential, real send-off for Christopher yeah. Daniels. For somebody who's been there since night one. Yes. Guy who was there on that first show. And this very years, well could right? have been, I mean, he's doing the taping Saturday. But this is, for all intents and purposes, could be the end of Daniels. So it was a great heel spot for Bully Ray. Uh, before we get into the angle and such, uh, what did you think about the actual match with Skrull and Daniels? Uh, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was good. I think Marty played his part very well. Uh, there was a lot of great storytelling. The finger uh, bits that Marty does where he, you know, snaps the finger and then Daniels can't do the angel's wings uh, properly to give it enough force for, you know, it protects the move too, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, what about you? What'd you think? I-, I liked it. I think this was more so on the story The if this had just been a cold match, um, I would have thought it was, it was good. Uh, I don't think it ever got to great though. You know, I, I've given Ring of Honor a lot of, um, flack when I've been like talking to mouth, let's say about how, you know, they have these pay-per-views and like, why are we watching these? Because like the TV shows don't lead up to anything, but this one, this led up to it. Right. And and Daniels had an amazing promo, I think last weekend, uh, you know, talking about his career and talking about what this means. And it was, you know, just like the one he had. Two years ago or the last year, I forget as well. There was a right. real passionate promo. Before the latter war, he did yeah. a, he did a big one. Like he went when the time is right. Uh he typically has those home run promos. And what I liked about the promo going into this is he because if you follow this storyline, it makes ROH come off in the story like assholes. <laughs> this whole crowd is cheering for Christopher Daniels and the to o- win. To win. And the only thing preventing this man from staying with these fans is ROH management. And in the promo, Daniels at least tried to cover for this because he stated in the yeah, promo right. for sure. If if Joe Coff were to extend me a contract, he knows I would revert back to my evil ways if I got that contract. Yeah, and he talked about the things that he had done before and he had every right to be under this pressure, right? Which makes the comment about Scorpio Sky and Kazarian getting contracts that much more baffling to me. Like that to me just goes against the story. They got the belts, they but they, now they don't. Like cough. If Joe Cuff wanted them out, out of the company, uh, he's, wasn't, he's now screwed it up. I don't know about that. I think wasn't it they won the they won the belts and they had to get a contract renewal. But I think there was still like the hanging clause that maybe this wasn't going to happen. We really need Joe Cuff to. I think uh, we got to get back on the video replay and see what's going on here. I'm really <laughs> confused. We need legal help. So 
uh, Bully Ray, uh, he has disposed of Christopher Daniels. We assume this is the last we're going to see of the man. Yeah. And he summons Flip Gordon to come out for their I Quit match. And out comes G.I. Flip. <laughs> G.I. Flip, yeah. Sergeant Gordon comes out, yeah. He comes out. In, Black jacket with uh, camouflage pants. Yep. The the union uh, the American flag. I almost called it the Union Jack. That would have been awkward for uh, Flip Gordon to come out with. Uh, and we start the I Quit match. Uh, Ian Riccoboni has an apology at the beginning of the match. He is biased. So is Colt because <laughs> Bully Ray is human filth, and they want Flip Gordon to kick his ass. Now this is a mat. This is a story that has been going on for also yes. almost nine months. This this started back at Supercard of Honor. This right. when Bully Ray turned and Flip Gordon was involved, and this has been a consistent story for nine months. Yep, and this is this is your payoff, right? Mm-hmm. And people have been waiting for this. I thought this the was fans have been waiting for this. Like this was a great blow off match. Ian or Colt called Bully a, a piece of scum. <laughs> Human filth, like they were, they sold their part very well in this, which so, is true because they've been bullied by Bully Ray as well. Yeah, and you know, sometimes when you get run-ins and matches, it's everyone groans because it's just a way out of a match. In this one, it had run-ins, and they all made sense because yep. everyone had an attachment to the story going into it. And There's it, a lot that happened. This was the this. climax of all of it. Everyone getting their comeuppance on so, Bully. So Way popped in and he, he, he said hello when this match was on and he was watching for a bit and he said this is the greatest match I think I've ever seen. Which was maybe a little bit facetious but you know it was still a lot of fun. <laughs> Bully attacks Flip with a chain on the floor and then he'd show up later and he's just covered in blood. This was the beginning yeah. of a very bloody night. <laughs> yes. This <laughs> From is this first, moment first on. blood, yes. Then we got maybe the best five minutes uh, of the night. So Bully Ray starts yelling at Carrie Silken, who's always sitting there ringside. You belong in a graveyard! He calls him a bastard. He belongs in a graveyard. And Bobby Cruz stands up to Bully. He's shoved down. Todd Sinclair goes up to Bully. He's shoved down. Bully returns to attack Carrie Silken. With a kendo stick. Yeah. When in out his of- throat. Sticking it in Carrie Silken's throat. He's going to kill Carrie Silken and put him in a graveyard when Christopher Daniels, the man whose contract is not being renewed, dives in front <laughs> to as, save him. as a human shield for Carrie Silken taking the kendo stick shot yep. for Carrie Silken. I will say, I watched SmackDown this week where Charlotte took probably, or sorry, uh, yeah, it was Charlotte took probably 30 kendo stick shots. This one kendo stick shot meant so much more. This was really good storytelling here. Daniels was apparently just there at ringside. He, this I whole mean, he time. must have rolled out of the ring and been hurt and like, you know, trying to catch his breath. We did or, not uh, see him. No. And this was a good, you know, good, good eight, camera nine minutes. work as well. Yeah. It comes in, great spot. Uh, Gordon, this is where he returns and he's bleeding. And then Bully <laughs> comes ringside. Now, at the beginning of the show, Mike goes to me, that girl in the front row seems like she is not here by her own choice. And I notice, and throughout the rest of the night, me and Mike are just referring to this girl, and is she reacting to anybody? And we know she did applaud Hangman Page, but then we're watching, she is not interacting with the people sitting next to her. Yep. She, did, she is either on the worst date of her life or... 
or she's by herself. And we found out in this match, she was on the worst date of her life, but her date was part of the show. So Bully grabs this woman. Me and Mike are like, of course, she's part of the show. I think you called this, though, before, that she's got to be a plant at some point. Yeah, we were trying to figure it out because there was really this poor girl was sitting front row and, you know, not interacting with either of the guys beside her and it's like okay so something's going on here but she sat through how many matches so far uh, this was this has been like what six matches in okay so it's been we're getting around this is like two and a half hours yeah, into the show exactly. this is pretty deep into the show and she sat there all night long for this moment bully grabs her and he's gonna power so there's bomb a table her. set up the table is set up and he's gonna power bomb the girlfriend through the table and gordon is yelling no. No, it's like what happened was is Billy had already uh, backdrop flip and he cleared the table. That's right, the big backdrop, table, right? And he he's telling Flip he's gonna like you're you're gonna quit, you're gonna see they quit, you're gonna say this is an I quit match, right? So Flip's like Flip's not gonna say I quit, right? Like this is the whole point. He's gonna he's gonna get his revenge. He's not gonna be bullied by bully. He's not gonna choose his girlfriend over this match. So who's gonna save the day? Yep. So Bully's got her. We got hear- set her up for a power bomb, and he tells Flip to get on his knees and say, "I quit." And then we hear a giant crack. Bully has been hit in the back with a kendo stick, and the man wielding the kendo stick, the enforcer, carries Silken. <laughs> oh my God! Bully turns around. He is just eyeing Carrie Silken, and then Flip Gordon fights back, attacks Bully. Kisses his girlfriend as he's full of or blood. Or possible wife. Or yeah, wife. I guess, sure. I guess you're right. Yeah. We should uh, we should find out the relationship status of these two. We were pretty excited during this match. We didn't hear all the commentary. So Gordon then jumps to the top rope, hits Bully with the U.S. flag coming off the top and applies a cross face when Silas Young runs in to save Bully. Silas then puts lighter fluid all over the table. Cheeseburger comes in, who yep. was Bully's partner the night he turned on him at Supercard of Honor. And the lady also has almost like a crimson mask from the kiss from Flip. Well. This this woman's got blood on her face from this. Uh, I mean, this Flip, this woman is definitely a keeper after what she did tonight. <laughs> after all this, yes. Uh, Young takes out Cheeseburger with Misery, yep. and Colt Cabana cannot stand it. He gets up. We see a shot of the announcer's table. And he just More lighter sprints. fluids going on the table. More lighter fluids going on this table. Runs in with a chair. He attacks, but then he's hit with a low blow and sent to the floor. The lights go out. They come back on. The Sandman is in the ring, who was on television and was part of an angle a few weeks back. Chugs a beer, and then Flip hits Bully with the star-spangled stunner after Bully chases Sandman and misses him. And Flip grabs two kendo sticks. He's hitting him with repeated strikes, and Bully quits. 14 minutes and 25 seconds. I thought this was a really well-put-together Blow off to the feud, and all of this was designed to get Flip Gordon to the next level. Yeah, and I thought they did a really good job. He was the star standing tall. There was a lot of moving parts to make this work, and everybody, you know what? Everybody, Todd, Carrie, the announcers, uh, the announcers, like everyone did their part. You know, Silas Young, Sandman coming back in. You know, all the things that le- have led through this story for uh, for the nine months, you know, we're all back echoed again. Flip Gordon is currently dating model and act- actress Brittany Tosco. Okay. 
So there you have it. Hopefully um, that's who was at the... I'm assuming that is, that's the, who that is the woman. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was great. I thought that this was such a well-put-together match. This is one of my favorite matches on the show. I thought it achieved a goal uh, in getting Flip Gordon over. I thought that it was a payoff to a long feud... Bully Ray, I think, is a great heel. Yep. Uh, knows what his role is. Yep. The younger talent sure. in Ring of Honor. Um, the crowd loved this. The only I, payoff is that the table wasn't lit on fire. I was okay with no really? burning right. table. All right. I thought maybe we were going to get that a uh, callback later when the tables were involved. That <laughs> we still have this outstanding <laughs> table tables? with lighter fluid all over it. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, afterwards, Cabana is taken to the back, so Caprice Coleman comes out to call the next match with Ian Riccoboni, and second from the top is Jay Lethal and Cody. Were you surprised? Uh, I thought this would go on last. It, I think it could have gone either way. I wouldn't have put this on after Ladder War. After sure. watching this, I'm glad they made the choice yeah. they did. I don't think this it's would smart. Have been- I don't right? think this would have ended the show well. No, it wouldn't have. I think it would have been a, a well, the ring was destroyed after Ladder War, but also, uh, it would have been a big letdown, I think, afterwards. Not that there was anything wrong, but... The crowd is... I thought we were going to get a really electric atmosphere because of this being potentially Cody's last match and all just what could possibly happen yep. uh, in the match. Lots of different ways you could go. Crowd is chanting for Cody, and they had to have assumed that was the reaction he would get. So they had a spot laid out at the beginning where Cody gets on the microphone. He says, I think I love you too to the people but says, if I really loved you, I'd be working the Madison Square Garden show and you can all kiss my ass. So that was their attempt to get the crowd to turn on Cody and Lethal responds that this is his company and the shiny new toy will be dull and gone. And that starts our match. Cody early on teases he has messed up the the left knee that is the injured knee he's working with, but he was just playing possum. Yep. Cody got into it with a bunch of fans at ringside, including dumping some water on one of the fans. And then Lethal goes after the knee. He's wrapping it around the post. He hits a running drop kick with it. And Lethal, in the ring, almost takes out Todd Sinclair, but he pulls up. And with the referee distracted, Brandy comes in. Yep. Brandy. Brandy spears Jay Lethal with her bionic shoulder. The surgically repaired clavicle. That's what Ian Riccoboni explained. She had a surgically repaired clavicle, so now she has a bionic elbow, so (laughs) her spear has mega powers. That's right. It's, uh, it's, it's worse than rhino spear. You know, it could like really literally cut you in half. I'm going to repeat. This was our Ring of Honor title match. It was. And I don't want you to think back, you know, to Samoa Joe or Daniel Bryan. Did Kenta Kobashi have sorry. like bionic uh, elbows Chops. from the, from his you surgeries know, or, or bionic uh, knees? Nigel McGinnis back in the day. Uh, this was way too goofy for me uh, in the midst of this, uh, but there was more to come. Brandy came in again, missed lethal. This time she speared Cody um, off the bionic shoulder. We did get a le- uh, crossroad spot for the first near fall. Right. And it seemed that the goal of this match was A, get everyone to boo Cody and B, bite on the near falls. That was the challenge. And I didn't think the idea of Cody winning was going to be totally foreign to people, that they could do some surprise. You sure. have the out. He could drop it at the TV tapings. He could agree to a small term agreement. I didn't think that it would be hard to get people to believe Cody could win this match. I mean, we still don't know what everybody's doing, right? No, like uh, everything was kind of hanging in limbo to see. Yeah. Everything is still like, you don't have guarantees of where anyone's going to be January 1st. So Brandy returns, 
misses Jay Lethal, and this time spears Cody with the bionic elbow or bionic shoulder. I'm yep. sorry. Uh, lethal uh, leapfrogged over the spear. Leaped over, and then he hits Brandy with a lethal injection. Her neck snapped. I was very concerned that she had hurt herself taking this lethal injection spot. And I think Brandy is a great valet. I think that she's very good in the corner of Cody, but. And around the ring doing, you know, just great stuff, distracting people, winding people up. But wrestling, like she is very much a beginner. And, you know, she, she was injured doing matches. Like she's, she's a beginner. Like that's just the, the way around it. And I think that even doing basic stuff, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, one of the things we didn't uh, get to is uh, Jay Lethal kind of mimicked a gold dust, almost did a Shattered Dreams in the corner. He teased that. He, teased the, he also uh, did the, the Stardust uh, signal when he later gave him the middle finger. Um, but before we got to that, <laughs> right, yeah. Cody applies a figure four and the bell starts ringing. And it's Hangman Page who has showed up at ringside, I guess, we had we had to have our, our Montreal reference at some point in this <laughs> show, of course. And Hangman is trying to end the match, but it doesn't end, and he just leaves through the crowd. He I, gives Cody the belt too. I hated this. Like it was like it, the other match, which had the run-ins and everything else, uh, was good. This was why? it was also the it was this was all the run-in stuff. I hate. Yeah, there was no reason for it. It was just. Throwing shit against the wall that wasn't sticking for me. Uh, it was like the spot. No one even bought it. It was like it's. it didn't help the match. It just hurt whatever flow they were having. Lethal hit a crossroads. Cody kicked out of that. Then Lethal hits six suicide dives in the in a row. Cody recovers, spits water in his face, hit Din's fire, and Lethal kicked out of that. I don't know if anyone's kicked out of Din's fire yet since Cody's introduced that. Lethal then comes back. This is where he gives him the middle finger. Lethal injection, two super kicks, and he applies the figure four, pulls him into the middle, and Cody does the double tap at 23 minutes, 45 seconds. So Lethal retains the title. This very much felt like a a write-off of Cody. Um, yeah. By the end, just the, the dominant win for Jay Lethal. It was closing Cody's chapter in the Ring of Honor. I mean, he started off facing Lethal two years ago, Final Battle. Yeah, and it came and full circle. And at the end, you know, turned on Lethal, turned on the crowd, flipped him off, and... Lethal flips him off at the end. Yep. Yeah. It was, you know, uh, the, the story was there to for Jay Lethal to win and the feud. But I thought the execution of this, this was a very overbooked match. And for an ROH title match, I, I thought it brought it down for me. I didn't like the Hangman and Brandy spots. Yeah. And I thought following really a great executed match in Bully Ray and Flip Gordon, this was... Um, this was kind of like a poor man's version of that to me. So I, I don't want to rag on the match. It wasn't a bad match. No. But I thought worse. A there, lot worse. Yeah. I thought there were negatives to it that, that brought it down a bit for me. And I think, I mean, the rest of the card was uh, pretty strong all the way through. That You, have, you know, something's going to stand out. And usually the Ring of Honor uh, World Championship match has, you know, a, a level it should get to. Right? This felt like one of those those NWA TNA main events when Jarrett was the champion and let's they do, they do all the run-ins and the guitar spots. Yeah, let's, let's not talk about that. Well, it's, why'd uh, you do that to me? That's my comparison point. <laughs> we were in the asylum here, Mike. <laughs> After the match, Marty Skrull comes in to confront Jay lethal. And then Nick Aldis walked out, uh, with the NWA championship with, uh, with Camilla, his valet. Okay. And did you look that up? Uh, no, or she, she was at the, uh, the NWA anniversary because the announcers show. didn't know who she was. They uh, they didn't uh, care to look up the uh, I guess Wikipedia maybe. 
Or didn't watch the NWA show, I guess. They probably didn't. They had some audio problems maybe at the beginning. (laughs) Uh, So that looks to be your ROH title direction is uh, Marty Skrull and setting up something with with Nick Aldis, maybe with all of them. but Eventually getting to Matt Taven. Of course. Someone. The the gold at the end of the rainbow. Um, You know, that's that's your main event mix. And it's going to be a big transition for this company. And, I mean, Marty's only going to be around for a couple more months, correct? He He's under for the year. For the year, Reportedly, okay. yes. Okay. So he's he's one that is committed that they can uh, at least rely on for the forthcoming year. And then we go to Ladder War, going on last. Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky versus the Young Bucks versus the Briscoes. The seventh Ladder War in ROH history. And Colt Cabana returns for commentary on this one. Young Bucks came out with uh, in gear they said was inspired by the Rockers, their yeah. favorite tag team, and this looked like great gear. Bright colors. Like it? I thought it, uh, like, you know, bold colors. I don't I, know where this would rank on the WH Park scale of 1 I'm to not 10. sure if WH would have liked it. Um, it was definitely... There were tassels, uh, so... There I, were some tassels, but it was a, a, a big step away, I think, from their usual gear. You know, they were wearing shirts. There's no indie guys wandering around with, with these. Like these were these looked like professionally made rockers ripoff rockers spandex. Rip <laughs> the match starts. Uh, we are not going to go through everything in this you match. Can. It was a sprint. Yep, unbelievable the, the amount of stuff that happened in this oh, match. The Briscoes start destroying everybody from the get go. Kazarian is busted open. What two three minutes in? Pretty and early. Yeah, he bled a lot, but he would not lose the most amount of blood. Caprice Coleman had some good lines in this, like Kazarian's just dripping blood. He's like, he's donating tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks made their comeback. They did the two sweet sign. Yep. Uh, uh, so they were in with SCU for a while until the Briscoes came back with all these chair shots. Nick did a double springboard into a splash to the floor. Jay Briscoe put Matt through a table on the floor with a back body drop. Uh, Jay Briscoe in all of this, he starts bleeding, and I would say he hit the highest on the Muda scale. He in this got one. like the serious Cactus Jack, like it was pretty mask. gruesome. Mark was bleeding quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, Kazarian, uh, I mean, he bled for ninety percent of the match. Yeah, uh, SCU did a slingshot cutter with Mark flying over the top into a cutter by Kazarian off the apron through a table on the floor. That was cool. Matt brought out a sledgehammer that's been in the uh, Being the Elite videos. I don't know what the sledgehammer means. Uh, it's just uh, the reference to AAA. Uh, oh. Yo, man, I just <laughs> fucking walked into that. You hit me with a sledgehammer. Uh, Matt throws the sledgehammer away. He doesn't use it. Instead, he super kicks Jay. Mark stopped a Melter driver with a flying cutter to Nick in midair. And then Jay hit the Jay driller to Nick. And closing sequence saw Kazarian take out Jay with a Styles clash onto a chair and then do the AJ Styles sign. Yeah. So we got Jay Lethal doing the Stardust sign with the the two hands. And then we had Kazarian doing the AJ Styles sign, which are basically the same thing. Pretty close. Just yeah. minus the, the gloves that they had. Or they don't open up the hands. Like Yeah. Really. Kazarian and Mark are climbing up the ladders. Mark gets sent off onto this horizontal ladder that had been set up across the... Uh, ladder onto the ropes and then nick got sent off the ladder and he flew over the top and crashed through a table on the floor we did not hear from nick again no that looked that that was also like a sick looking bump that was uh that was quite the way to uh eliminate nick and then jay is left on the ladder with kazarian kazarian takes one final plunge through a table jay is left alone grabs both titles 22 minutes 39 seconds i mean non-stop action from not, start yeah, to finish there was not a lot of breathing room in this match 
Um, did you, you like got six guys going full tilt? Pretty much somebody all at any time. I think the ultimate ladder war is the one from uh, with Kazarian and Daniels, the Bucks, and the Motor City Machine Guns. Right. That was a uh, September 2016. I think that's one of the best ladder matches ever. Yep. I don't think this one eclipsed that. Um, this was heavy, heavy on stunts and blood, nonstop. Vo- Weapon shots. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of was, unprotected chair shots. Even though they were thrown instead of swung, there's still like a lot still of Still contact to the head. Yeah. Mark took a bunch. Oh, um, at least three. Some of it was, yeah, unsettling. It was, you know, I, I think people would have been entertained by this. If you're if you're into these kinds of, of stunt fests, this is what this was. Yeah. Um, and kind of delivered on what was advertised. You know what, though, was kind of interesting is that they, they laid guys out and they didn't come back. Mm-hmm. Like, one after another. Like, yep. somebody would go through a table and that was it. They were done, right? And Until there was only three, then two. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that there was no payoffs for a lot of the Bucks' big combinations and big moves, they didn't pull the Meltzer driver off. They didn't do Indie Taker. They didn't do more bang for your buck, right? Like, Yeah, this was not a, a Bucks centric match no but i think that they probably still had a lot of uh input on putting it together because it did flow yes. pretty well right? yeah i i mean they didn't screw anything up nope. it was you know it had your attention from and it made start sense to finish. yep for most of it yeah i i liked the match yeah. I, I i liked it a lot it was um you know the the heavy weapon matches aren't necessarily my, my cup of tea um yeah. but these six did a gr- fantastic job with it you know the stuff that we saw tonight, um, although there wasn't kind of a traditional tag match, you had this, right, which was a heavy prop stunts match. You had the great uh, chain wrestling submission match with the grappling with Gresham and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. And like the almost like the big Haas fight between uh, Cobb and uh, Page, you yes. know, like this almost strong style-esque match they're used to seeing. You had a great mix of, of yeah, stuff. Like sure. um I, I thought it was a really great show, like a definite thumbs up show. Thumbs up for sure. Um, I guess the the interesting part of this was that no major angle shot. There was no PCO or Brody King on the show. No, no hints at these guys even. No. And, you know, on the one hand, I can see Ring of Honor. They, they signed someone like PCO and they want them exclusive. But at the same time, you look at the fact that PCO was booked for MLW and the fact that you let him finish his dates, like now that he wasn't at even booked for final battle, he could have done the Thursday night MLW show. Sure. Finish up your dates that you're advertised I for. He probably could have done the Smash show this Sunday that he, he was booked for that as well. You would think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Unless he does the TV tapings, I guess. I mean, that's, still. you know, if you sign a contract, that's the prerogative of the promoter. But, you know, having, I understood the idea that, okay, if he's at the pay per view, you want him there, and you could be concerned about travel if he's working Thursday night, if there's some big storm or something. But, you know, he could he was advertised for a match Thursday night. I think he could have done it realistically. Yeah. And I, I think that if you're going to sign someone, you should be allowed to finish out your dates. I think that that's a fair compromise. I agree. Totally. Promoter is you know, kind of... I think, you know, maybe that's a little bit on the talent to be like, hey, I signed, you know, these other deals that I said I was going to do, and I was going to appear for these guys, you know. Mm-hmm. How about we start the contract on Sunday? Right. Were you surprised you didn't see any of the – any new names tonight? I well, was expecting a bunch. You know, the Elite went uh, one for four, right? Is that right? Cody lost. Page lost. They all lost. lost Cody lost. lost. Except for Skrull. Oh, yeah. Skrull. Right? Yeah, so yeah, Skrull yeah. wins, uh, which we kind of thought that might happen. 
The one that's um, sticking around. The, yeah. one that, the one that's sticking around one. Or at least that we know for sure is sticking around. Yeah, that we know for sure, right. I, I just thought that tonight you... You could have planted the seeds for 2019 here, I think. And I know they have the TV tapings, but to me, this was the show to do your big stuff on, not the TV sure. tapings Saturday we've, night. We've paid the money for the, the pay-per-view, right? Or the audience has paid the money. And if something happens at the TV taping, well, it's not live. So... I don't think you're going to get the same kind of buzz that you would tonight yeah. to do all your big stuff that you don't want Monday morning that the story is ROH has lost all their big stars. What's going to happen and say you do something huge and it's okay. They've lost. There's a big hole to fill, but man, they introduced X, Y, and Z. They shot this huge angle and I'm intrigued to see what they're going to be doing. I thought that was really important to do on tonight's show. I would say it was the most important thing was to not leave people with the idea that this is a company that is losing their major stars and we don't have something to divert your attention to and have something new to keep it, to retain all of those there, people. You're right. There wasn't something new, but you had the stalwarts of the company. You got Jay Lethal holding on to the belts. You got the Briscoes holding on to the belts. You got the newer guy, Jeff Cobb, holding on to the, the secondary title, right? And I think at the end of the day, you got a really good show. Oh, it's definitely a good show. And that's it. But you're right. There wasn't there. Where's the where's the hook? Where's the I'm looking for the fan that is you're being the elite fan, someone that was brought yeah, in because of the what's retaining them uh, to, to stick around that you want to do something shocking, something just something big. And I I would have used the pay-per-view as as that point to More say, so hey, Ring of Honor isn't going anywhere in 2019. We're going to have our biggest year possible because look at all this talent we have coming in and the different uh Whatever it is to to have a spark, some teases of like what's going to pay off at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Like what is what is the big forget the New Japan involvement. What is the ROH match you want to see at Madison Square Garden? If you're taking out all of those names, I think that's that's kind of <laughs> like you should know that now. I would you say should. like the seeds should be planted. You, I feel for you. who are your big stars going into Madison Square Garden. That's a good question. I mean, you would think that there should be something lined up or at least looking down the road, you're going to see something. And uh, man, I don't know if I got an answer for that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's it's a huge transitional period for Ring of Honor. Are you expecting that Cody, the Bucks, that there is a hangman, that there's going to be a big send off, you know, curtain call kind of segment Saturday at the tapings? Because this that should be it. It should be it. And the way things have gone, it certainly looks like it would be it. Barring any... But why are, why are you going to waste your TV time with talent? That well, that's what I, uh, that's what I'm asking. Right? Like, if you're talking does about ROH shows, do that? shows that are going to be on in January, right? Cause you know, Christmas is coming up, New Year's coming up. They're not going to put anything new out mm-hmm. that, you know, you might get a couple best of nights so for the might, live crowd. I could see them doing yeah, something. Yeah. But again, where are they running tomorrow night? Philadelphia, the ECW arena. Okay. So it's not a huge building. And in fact, the last, TV tapings that they did there wasn't really that exciting for the the crowd reactions. I thought, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's what's the point of doing something? It leaks out on the internet and then no one sees it for like three weeks or four weeks. Yeah, oh, I I'd argue that doing it on TV would be like that's kind of a downer to put on your TV. Like, hey, all these guys are leaving. Yeah, um, and, but that's the reality. But I think that's, it's also your fan base is going that. To- Whatever the surprise shock is going to be of like new people coming in, well, anybody who was on the internet, which is your typical Ring of Honor fans, they they follow the product that way first. 
um, you know, they're going to know about it before it happens. Mm-hmm. And that takes away the surprise. Whereas the pay-per-view with ring of honor is like the really only surprise, unless you're in the crowd. Like that's the way to like, uh, surprise your audience. And, new. and ring of honor is still in the pay-per-view business. I would yep. want to be like, after every pay-per-view, you're always going to have the word of mouth ring of honor. It was a great show. You, yep. You've seldom hear the, like, what a waste of time. You never hear that for a ring of honor show, but you do want your big payoffs to be on pay-per-view. So it's, if you miss this, you you should have watched this pay-per-view because this is what we're asking you to spend. If you're still buying it on traditional pay-per-view, dropping 40 bucks or at least sending people to Honor Club to, to buy the pay-per-view. I would want my big stuff there as opposed yep. to television. So that was the show. And we're, we have a few pieces of feedback here from the forum. Uh, our poll tonight, rating the show on a scale of 1 to 20. Where do you place this, Mike? 1 to 20. Okay. Keep going. Read a little bit of feedback and I'll think about it. Okay. Uh, and then I'll tell you what the audience voted. Sure. First one here, I think Jay Briscoe is a patron because he did his best impression of Red Skull from your review today of Captain America. <laughs> crazy main event, though so many crazy spots. Jalen from Pickering, good show. Ladder War was as good as expected, and now I wish the tag title match on Sunday was going to be one too. ROH title match was just plain weird to me, though. Cody healed on the crowd, but Lethal was also doing some heelish stuff, and the match felt overbooked between the finisher, kickouts, and interference, which the audience didn't seem as into as they should have been. Hopefully, ROH uses this year to effectively develop their own stars and get more creative again. Yeah. Also, some of the themes are atrocious. Briscoes and Lethal need their old old themes back. I don't know. I kind of like the new Briscoes one. I don't mind the Briscoe. I, I like the Briscoes, period. Just uh, this heel act, I, I think it's really worked for them this you year. You know, these are guys that... Every minute they're out there, they're in character. Yes. You know, and when uh, they're doing commercials for the company. when they're doing commercials for uh wild, wild bill, bill wholesale.com, <laughs> they're in commercial, they're in uh, character too. You know, I saw, uh, we were both at the gardens, um, the Madame mm-hmm. Center to see the last Ring of Honor, uh, Global Wars tour, yes. right? And, uh, I saw, I saw Jay Briscoe having a beer sitting in the crowd, like, you know, by himself, like in the back watching the Bucks and, uh, Man, he still looked like he was in character, even though he was by himself just having a beer watching the match. Did the Briscoes are not not that far from that's the Briscoes. <laughs> like they're like the Diaz brothers. Chris from Queensland, Australia. I really enjoyed this event on the whole, from Cobb versus Page to Lethal versus Cody to my match of the night, Taven versus Castle. The whole event seemed to go together without a hitch until the main event. Don't get me wrong, that match was what a ladder war should be, but the camera missed so many of the big spots to the finish where one of the belts was retrieved, but the bell wouldn't ring until after the second belt was also retrieved. <laughs> I mean, that's not on the camera, man. That was that's on kind true. of Jay just holding it. But there was one where Mark took the plunge onto that ladder that was set up, and they the totally missed it, it and that's yeah. a big bump to miss. Uh, in the aftermath, I can't help but worry about the uncertain future of ROH's top talent. Lastly, did Flip Gordon placing his national flag on a table soaked in lighter fluid seem weird to anyone else, or was it just me? I think... Let me tell you, it would have been way worse if somehow a spark had caught with that flag that is on true. top of the table. Like, if you're burning the flag by mistake, uh, that would not be good. I don't know if Sinclair would have been uh, no. all too pleased. No, Sinclair Bodycast would not have been happy if their company doing that. And our last one here, MJ from NJ who was live at the show. Uh, he posted some notes earlier. It says that Saber and Gresham was terrific. Uh, I really loved that match. I thought, you know, one of my favorite matches on the show. 
hopefully not overshadowed by the rest of the card. Same, same with Hangman versus Cobb. The fact they got two really strong near falls out of the Cody match was strong. The crowd felt like it wanted to cheer Cody and didn't like Cody playing heel anywhere or, or throughout the match. The match had some interesting moments, and for the most part, every match felt unique and different. The Briscoes' bloodbath was something. Crowd was hot for the entire match, and there was a lot of new buck spots. Kaz was busted open early and really did well to be part of that match. He looked out of it throughout. The show closed with a buck speech. They leaned into All Elite being a thing and said SCU belongs in the ring with the Elite as much as they do. They thanked a lot of the people, and the crowd hung on every word. Not sure what was on TV, but it did happen before 12, so wondering if it was aired. Yo, no, none of this aired. Final battle delivered. I'm probably forgetting something. Uh, I had been down on the non-elite roster, but Taven feels like he's going to have a huge 2019, and Cobb, Gresham, and Dalton all stood out as real players in the company. I walk away enthusiastic for MSG and look forward to seeing how those guys are used, as I expect it to be a ROH-dominant show. So there you have it. So people seem to like the show. Yes, and yeah, I guess this uh, Young Bucks speech afterwards was maybe their uh, their farewell speech. Maybe. Maybe that'll be it, and they're not going to be on TV. <gasps> yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a 15 out of 20. 15 out of 20? Yeah, you. I'd go... I'd go 16. You're I'll just, go higher. You're just being argumentative now. The forum <laughs> went with a 16.29. Huh? So that's a that's a pretty strong. Okay. A forum can be very tough on shows. John, so. John softer than I am. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite match? On this show... It's tough, eh? Yeah, there's because there's there was a few different feels of different matches. I, I'm pro- I'm going to be criticized for this one, but I I almost lean Bully Ray and Flip Gordon. I really like that. You, I that uh, is a pretty good one. For I, what I enjoy about yeah. wrestling, um, I love Gresham and Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, and I love the the fact that it was this long story. You got a payoff to it. I didn't mind the run-ins made sense. It was. All designed to get a new star over. I just loved like the whole thinking behind that match and what was utilized and everyone playing their role for the right reasons. It was just to me a well, like for what the plan was, I think it was executed perfectly. So do you see Flip going to the main event picture out of this or getting close to that? I still think he, he is lacking in the promo department okay. significantly. Yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of guys are. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think he has, you know, he has ways to go, but I think this was a solid step forward. Like that he's clearly like you can watch this show and while we didn't get new names, we certainly got as as outlined here the guys that they are serious about yeah, I mean, for 2019 I think, I think and some he's new one guys of them. got elevated, right? Sure. Like Taven is in that mix. Uh Flip Gordon is certainly in that mix. Yep. Jeff Cobb, like yep. they all got solid wins and you Gresham, can Gresham even though he didn't win. Gresham I thought Great outing with yeah. him. So it's not like 2019 is bare. I don't think that the the apocalypse should be uh, expected here for Ring of Honor. They still have core talent. But the and question carry, is, carry they got it. to a certain level. And I think it'd be foolish not to be able to attribute what the elite has been able to to draw and, and bring their attendance levels up to. Is, is this crew going to be able to maintain that? That's going to be a big challenge. Yeah. If the elite are not part of this uh, massive square garden show... It'll be pretty interesting how the crowd reacts to it. I mean, they, I think a lot of people bought tickets. How would you have felt if you had bought tickets for this back when they went on sale and now you're looking at the prospect that none of them, uh, of, the, of those performers, may be on it? It wouldn't. Uh, like, I'm sure you would still go. but I would still want to go for sure. I mean, the, with the New Japan aspect of it. Yeah. And I, you're right. The new guys that are, you know, the Greshams and the Cobbs, uh, you know, and I, the Briscoes, I've, I mm-hmm. think, are fantastic. Um 
popular with women too. <laughs> we talked about that earlier on. Um, but I think, you know, there is a huge portion of the all in crowd, the hot topic crowd, you know, that are, that are elite fans. Right. And if they're holding tickets and they're Their guys are not going to be there. They might not want to go or be as excited about going. I think that it would have been it would have been interesting the the fact that um, had takeover stayed on the Saturday, how many fans that had bought tickets to Madison Square Garden would have been thinking about you know getting unloading those tickets to go to takeover, yeah. knowing some of their favorites weren't going to be there at Madison Square Garden. That's true. So that was a uh, final battle. Again, uh, a thumbs up show. I thought this was a really good pay-per-view. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of stuff to uh, go out of your way to check out um, if you got the time and the inclination. Mike, thanks as always for joining me. Thanks I love doing shows John. with you. So thank you for coming over. Thank you for the uh, the Christmas books as well. No problem. I mean, a man that brings gifts uh, when, when he comes to visit. I very much appreciate it. Uh, have a wonderful Christmas. You and too. Holiday you and yours. Season. And uh, I'll be uh, I'll be hitting you up for any uh, child tips. <laughs> Mike Mike is my uh, is the sage the advice. Da- the dad whisperer. Yes, <laughs> under it gives me the the pathway uh, to enlightenment. So that is it for us. Way and I will be back on Sunday night with our TLC post show. So if you are a double double ice cap or espresso member of the cafe, you can watch that review live with us right after TLC. The podcast version will be up free later that night so you can get it one way or another are you looking forward to tlc mike will you be watching uh i'm gonna watch it i am not terribly looking forward to it uh i think the women's uh tlc match has uh got a lot of interest in my house does that close the, the show i hope so mm-hmm. i you? think it should i 100 percent think it should um yeah, I, i'm, I'm optimistic about this show there, there's a lot of excess matches i'm not crazy about um so like 12 matches on this show but i think the key matches i think could make this a very good show i sometimes feel with wwe shows is when you have uh lowered expectations they seem to sneak something in and Mm -hmm. uh impress you well we will be discussing that in depth on sunday night in the meantime you can go to postwrestling.com or subscribe at postwrestlingcafe.com lots of great stuff up uh including we've got our review of captain america the first avenger so how are you enjoying doing those uh, I'm liking them. Yeah. I'm, I'm these ones that we've recently been reviewing. I went through this whole batch of watching all of these back when Infinity War came out. Okay. So now I'm rewatching them all right. several so months later. Okay. So I'm looking forward to some that I'm watching with fresh eyes. Like, uh, I have not seen Black Panther, for instance. Okay. I've not like after the Avengers. I pretty much not seen like after Avengers one. After Avengers one, okay. um, they're all pretty much. It's a clean slate for me. That's a lot to get through. I've seen the Guardians movies. I've seen those two. Um, So here and there, I've seen. What what are what are kind of your uh, the key ones for you? Uh, My kids really like the Guardians movie. I was uh, pleasantly surprised with those. Uh, I thought James Gunn did a really good job of you know building some characters that didn't have a lot of depth and and kind of creating uh, new levels to them. I'm a bit of a comic nerd. Mm -hmm. Um, We should really have you on for one of these. Uh, yeah, I can do one with you. Yeah, sure. That'd be fun. I, I don't want to, I don't want to force you. <laughs> no, that'd be fun. Like, eh. uh, and I got to tell you, I'm, I'm also, I haven't watched everything either. Uh, I haven't seen Black oh, really? Panther. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's hard to believe that, you know, every three months there's a new like comic book movie coming out and teenage me would have been like, yeah, awesome. But now it's like, you've got, you know, and you got kids and you got everything else you got to catch up on. And, uh, both my daughters play hockey. One of them plays rep. So I spent a lot of time at rinks. How much? 
I, I, I'm I'm keeping you here, and I know you have to be. be no sweat. This is going to be my last question. No, I like talking to you. I, it's great. I bring this topic up all the time with Way that yeah. I feel I would spend so much money if I had the option yeah. to be able when a movie comes out to be able to purchase it from my home, like watch it straight away at home. Watch it straight away at home. I would pay. I would pay more than what the the ticket cost to, so, to go to a movie theater because I just I just can't get to a movie theater. It's okay. not realistic for me. I have a movie theater around the corner for me. I have a rep theater pretty close to me, uh, out in the East East End. And I love going to the movies. I, I do too. It's, it's just more it's a, a time thing. It is a time thing. And when you are bringing four people to the movies as opposed to just yourself or something like that, man, and they want snacks, man, the bill goes up. Let yeah. me tell you. And, you know, buying a Blu-ray for 25 bucks when it comes out or. $60 of movie tickets when the four of you go to go see something in 3D. Like, that's a big difference. I just don't want to hear any more complaints about, oh, the box office is down here. It's like, listen, I'm willing to spend money on movies, <laughs> but meet me halfway here. Yeah. I would, if a brand new movie came out on a Friday, it costs you, what, $14 to go see it at the theater? I'd drop 20 if if I could have it here in my, in my, uh, my house. Do you not miss that, um, experience of like just being surrounded by the movie. Oh, I love going to the movies yeah. when, when I can. Yeah. It's it's more so just being able to uh get out of the house on, on a certain night and what's the last movie you went to go see? Oh, I just went to see what did I just go see? Hope we're not boring anybody out there. No, the I, don't, I don't man. <laughs> I went to see, uh, Creed 2. I watched Creed 2 recently. Okay. That was the first movie I had seen probably in a very long time. All right. How long? <laughs> A year. A year. Yeah. yeah. That's probably how long. Oh, no. I saw Infinity War back in May. That might have been the last movie I saw, too. Yeah. It's yeah. it's tough. Oh, no. No. Me and the missus went to go see uh, Halloween uh, when the kids were still in school. How was that? We snuck in. I mean, Halloween was good. Yeah. I liked it. Um, Marina liked it as well. This is the new one. The new one. Yeah. Yes. She kind of watched it like, you know, hands in front of her face for a lot of it, you know, but uh, it was good. And there was... We went to like a two o'clock in the afternoon screening. There was like five other couples that were kind of looked like they're in the same boat as us. Yeah. I'm fully into the, the mode of, uh, I, I have no hang up about going to a movie theater by myself. Nope. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rewarding. It's like refreshing. You can like, you know, I had I one to... negative experience about three or four years ago okay. where I went during a day, during a daytime. Okay. Th theater is hardly full. Okay. This is at Scotiabank theater. Theater has to hold 300 people. Paramount. Yes. I'm still calling it the Paramount. It is a Paramount. And I sit down and there's all these seats and a group comes up and they sit in the two seats next to me. <laughs> I was, I was livid. What were you going to see? I think it was a, one of those bad Fantastic Four movies. Okay. That's as I recall. And I just had, I had no answer here. It's like I could either be a real dick and move. Then it's just awkward. It's like, yeah. I'm clearly moving because you two are here. It's like, there are so many seats here. Why are you in the two next to me? Maybe they're scared. They wanted to be around big, strong jobs. That was definitely not it. No, that wasn't it? I just couldn't believe it. I was like, man. <laughs> Have you guys done... Uh... Uh, movies for mommies, as they call it at any of the theaters. We have not done that. No, no. you guys, it's, it's an experience. You guys should do it. Before. Yeah, I don't know if we're ready for that experience. No, I'm telling you, it's fun. You know what? You know what Sunday is. First haircut, Mike. First haircut. You we we've lost everybody. No one is listening to this right now. Absolutely, no one is listening. Do you want to start doing a dad's podcast? <laughs> Where are you doing the haircut? 
Uh, it's a place on Bloor. I don't know the exact name. Okay. We had to make an appointment ahead of time. On a Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I couldn't imagine being a barber. for This is like a child barber, too. It's like that's – could you imagine that? Are you guys ready for this? I'm ready for it. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen uh, John's son in my visits over here because he's always asleep and being perfectly well behaved. I thought you might uh, see him tonight because yeah. the pay-per-view was a bit earlier. But so I'm not, these 8 p.m. starts, you're bound to run into I was late coming from work, uh, Christmas rush at the store. He's yeah, very busy. Um, so I'm not sure how long Max's hair is, but are you guys ready for – are you just going to get like a little trim? Are you going for a little, little fuzz trim. cut yeah. like that? Or no, we we're doing? not going to go that far. Okay. Yeah, see – my wife wants his hair to be longer, and I think we can we can have a, a healthy mix here. You don't it's, want it's to be a little like unruly, having to like hair clip it and stuff like that. That's it. That that's was it. one of the like the weirdest things about being a dad that I found was like how many times I could do ponytails and like put hair clips in hair. Things you're not ready for. Yeah, that's that's a whole another thing. I mean, are you doing Santa pictures? Oh, we've done Santa. You pictures. did Santa pictures, right on. Just here, you know what? No one's no, no one's, one's listening. Anymore, no one's going to so. get to see this, but you're going to get Mike's genuine reaction to uh, my my favorite picture from this uh, Santa. Actually, what Santa did you go to? Uh, we went to Sherway, and Sherway is a bit of a haul. It is, but the good thing there is, uh, you you book, fast pass. They book a block, so it's like with 15 kids. No, they bring them in, they read a story for okay, them, okay. and then they just call you up by a number. You're not in a line, you don't have to do all so, this. So my daughters went tonight to uh, Scarborough Town, oh, real beard, and Max is not happy in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> He's so upset. Uh, I loved it. He just screamed. Uh, my daughters went tonight, and uh, my wife booked the time. That's a way to go. Fast pass it, you oh. know, almost like you're at a theme park, fancy pants, and, you know, so... Scarborough Town Center, uh, I remember going a couple of years ago. It was like packed. Like, yeah. it was like the scene in a Christmas story where like the, the castle, Santa's castle is like, it's far. And oh, yeah. you're like, uh, this is going to be like an hour, two hours. I don't know. Oh, yeah. We, we went weeks ago. I figure now it's just like, oh my God. Yeah. You're a week out. You're, it's, it's crunch time. Your wife is brave. Uh, yeah. But like I said, it was, it was booked. So, you know, you've got like a half hour window and it's kind of, you just walk up and you're good to go with the fast pass. Well, Mike, I think we should do this again. Yeah, uh, man. The Dad Podcast. I think this is a, a great idea. Thanks again uh, for joining me. And you get Damien on, do it. Oh, the, we could we could get a whole crew. You could have like rotating dads. This could be this could be a great idea. Uh, <laughs> thanks as always for listening, everybody, and we'll chat with you Sunday night following TLC.